Hi, and welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Weens, Senior Pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alum, which means we have spent time laughing, growing, and being transformed in the presence of Christ in community with other leaders. Thanks, Ruth. And I want to let you know we appreciate the great response we've had to the first four seasons of the podcast. And we would love to bring more seasons and expand what we're doing with the podcast. But all those things take financial resources. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, we invite you to become a monthly patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com and searching for Strengthening the Soul of your leadership podcast. Steve, what is Patreon? I don't even know what that is. Oh my gosh, you're such a Luddite. <laughs> I know. Just enlighten me, please. Patreon is a great way that people who listen to you and who love the Ministry of Transforming Center and who've gotten things out of this podcast to be able to give $2 a month, $5 a month or more, and they get they get bonus content from you, Ruth, that no one else gets. Exclusive <laughs> Wonderful. bonus content. There's no downside to that, is there? There is no, no downside. downside. So go to patreon.com, everybody. Search for Ruth Haley Barton or Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. And please join us by becoming a monthly patron. Well, I've loved this journey with Elijah uh, going through your book, Ruth, Invitation to Solitude and Silence. And uh, he's journeyed through the emptiness and he's waiting at the entrance to the cave and then a bunch of chaos kind of gets mm -hmm. kicked up. What is going on? Yeah. Well, um, I think in Elijah's case, it was literal and it was metaphorical for us. It's a metaphor. And I think it's a metaphor for what happens in the soul after we've been still long enough, um, to really know what's going on in there. And, um, I think that what's happening at the soul level is that Elijah is becoming more aware of his false self stuff and the true self is trying to come forth and respond to God and the false self is still trying to cling to any sort of control at all. So I think the Old Testament stories in particular are really good at sort of externalizing some of what goes on internally and helps us to see it better. And so I do believe this is a picture of what happens in the soul when we've practiced solitude and silence long enough to get more in touch with the inner dynamics and what it is inside of us that's fighting for control and what's fighting to emerge and come forth. And at this point, uh, Elijah's truer self in God is fighting to come forth, that part of us that can trust God with our lives, that part of us that can be surrendered and given over to God. But the false self is also fighting to remain in control as well. And so if we stay quiet, we will become aware of the struggle between the true and the false self. And that is what's happening here, I believe. So when the true self starts to emerge, like Parker Palmer talks about the soul, mm -hmm. you know, which might be a metaphor or a, a synonym for the true self emerging as a like as a as a quiet animal who's mm -hmm. been hiding, right. and coming mm -hmm. out of hiding only after the quiet. Mm -hmm. um, there's almost like a predator that yeah. <laughs> that comes out and meets us as the false self because the ego doesn't doesn't want to let go of its grip. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so. But Elijah has to go through an earthquake and mm -hmm. a fire and wind. And, and so what's like, how does he withstand that? And how do we withstand this chaos when it 
burrows yeah. uh, into our uh, reality. Well, first of all, we see how important rest was for Elijah yeah. because it gives him the rest that he had gives him the stamina to actually stand firm and not run. And when you see the description of what happened here, it would have taken stamina to stand there while the earthquake is happening and the pieces of mountain mm-hmm. are swirling around mm-hmm. him and there's a fire and a wind and all that. So it takes a lot of stamina to stay there and not run the other way. Um, Henry now and again, he, he refers to solitude as the furnace of transformation. Yeah. And so that's what's happening here, that it is the place of the great struggle and the great encounter. It's the struggle against the compulsions of the false self and the encounter with the loving God who offers himself as the substance of the new self. Isn't that something? Mm. Um, that is what's happening here. And, um, it will happen to all of us. If we stay in solitude long enough, we will, will come to this place where we can actually feel the battle that, that rages for each and every one of us between the false self and the true. I kind of look at the earthquake to it as if there are foundations that we've mm-hmm. built our life on. Yes, that's right. You know? That's right. Things that we thought were absolutely solid. Mm-hmm. So things like who I think God is, mm-hmm. how I think one comes to know God, mm-hmm. who I understand myself to be in this world, how I've identified myself in the world, um, the things that I hang my own identity on. Those are the things that I've tried to create as solid in mm-hmm. my life. And yes, you're exactly right. The earthquake is saying to us, those things are now being shaken. Those things that we thought were the most solid are now swirling in pieces around our heads. Mm-hmm. And now we don't know what is sure and what's not. And this is a frightening time because it is a time when foundations are coming apart. In in the language of the spiritual life, we might call it disintegration. Yeah. Um, that we are, we become, we, you know, we experience disintegration so that we can be put back together again, a dismantling of the false self, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a serious moment in the spiritual life, especially the first time through, Oh yeah, you know, which is certainly what I'm writing about in this book. I'm, I'm writing about the first time through and it's the scariest because you've never experienced anything like it before. You spent your whole life trying to do it a different way. Um, ever after this, we will experience these things again, but at least we can, park back and know what's happening. But this time we've never experienced anything like this before. And we literally feel like we're flying to pieces and that we'll never be the same and that we don't know who we are. And that the very, all those things are kind of true. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) and we don't realize that there is another self, you know, we've spent our time creating this life around the false self. We don't even know that there is another self. So it feels like we're letting go of everything. It feels like we're losing our, our identity. And maybe we are. Mm -hmm. And we are. (laughs) Yes, we are. And does it, oh, we are experiencing some rain Mm -hmm. outside. That is what that is. Mm -hmm. So if you're hearing something, gang, that's what that is. Uh, um, But but God is not in the rain. Uh, Yes, he is. Kidding, kidding. Um, Does it bear saying, Ruth, that these foundations that we created don't spend a lot of time worrying that we got that all wrong? We needed them. Like yes. We built them, mm-hmm. they were built for us, they were useful for a period of time, and and then there right. comes a time where they're no longer useful. So right. there, there's no mm-hmm. use getting all bent out of shape, like if I yeah. would just gotten it right the first time, I wouldn't have to go through this. No, right. that's not how right. it works. Right. Um, it's really just um, like shedding an old skin, you know, that no longer is big enough for the self that that is emerging, you know, and snakes and things like that. They have Mm -hmm. to, they have to shed a skin in order to grow bigger. And that's what's happening here. We're shedding something old in order to 
come into something that's new. Yeah. So if we have the courage, fortitude, dependence to withstand the waiting, um, what, what emerges? Well, for one thing, I think some of our deepest questions emerge at this point and we have to be willing to hear them and uh, they might be a little embarrassing, but I remember when I got quiet enough to begin to feel this chaos, the questions that came were really surprising to me. Questions like, am I really worth anything if I'm not out there constantly proving myself? Uh, (laughs) Who am I when I'm not busy doing things that tell the world who I am? Oh, yeah. Why is it so hard to stop the frantic pace of my life, even when I know it's hurting myself and Mm. those I love? What do I do with the pain and sadness that's at the bottom of my life from some of the things that I've experienced? What is true and real in my relationship with God and what is merely an illusion? Things that I would like to believe are true, but maybe aren't really true. Mm. Is God really enough to satisfy the loneliness, the emptiness, this longing of my soul? I I think that's one of the biggest questions. Right. Especially if someone's been in vocational ministry Mm -hmm. for a long time, you Mm -hmm. can't even believe you're asking the question because you've been preaching to everybody else that Mm -hmm. God will fill your loneliness. God will fill your emptiness. And here you are. Um, Not sure, really, that if you stop filling it in all the old ways that God's presence could possibly fill it. I think that's a crisis of faith Mm -hmm. that almost every pastor that yes. is in midlife faces. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm convinced mm-hmm. of it. And we feel like we're losing our faith. We feel like yeah. we're losing everything. And maybe and we er, are. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and as you're going through that, you're still preaching your inspiring oh, sermons course, on Sunday. Of course you are. You, <laughs> you feel fake. Yeah. But are you fake? I mean, yeah. But but like thus the need for solitude yeah. and bringing that into solitude. We we can bring that to God. God, I feel like a fake. Yeah. Um, okay. I interrupted you, Ruth. What else What else emerges? All these mm-hmm. questions, all these experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, really, the deepest questions of our lives emerge and the unresolved emotions, perhaps. Um, that certainly was the case for me. I, I've mentioned that I'm a pastor's kid. And so part of what I had to face and deal with in my own solitude was the anger that I felt about the church yeah. and what I'd witnessed in the church um, and how disillusioned I was with the body of Christ. That was really hard, you mm-hmm. know, because I didn't know a life vocationally outside of the church. And so in order to even approach these questions, I had to start letting go of my attachment to the church as the place where I found my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the, the foundations were rocking, you know, at that point. And thank God for a good spiritual director who kept affirming that these were my questions, that they were the right questions, that they were my questions. And in fact, if I didn't ask the questions, my my spiritual life would atrophy. It would stagnate if I didn't walk into the questions that were right there for me um, at the soul level. But I, I don't know if I could have done it without some support. Ruth, the title of this one is Facing Ourselves, which can also be described as the journey of self-knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, what what is that? Mm-hmm. Like, explain what that is. Yeah. Well... The false self is is really the constellation of defense mechanisms that we've developed throughout our lives to keep ourselves feeling safe from the primal anxieties that all of us have, the need to survive, um, the need to be loved, to find approval, to find safety and security, to be in charge, you know, a sense of agency. Those are all very human, legitimate needs. Um, 
we're all born into less than perfect environments. And so the tender little self tries to find ways to achieve those things, to gain those things for themselves, you know, especially, especially if the, the environment that we've been born into is lacking in any of those areas or feels volatile or scary or unpredictable. Um, the young child is wired for survival and so is able to develop defense structures that keep them alive and not just physically alive, but also functional emotionally. So, um, at some point in the spiritual life though, a major shift takes place and the shift is from trying to secure those things myself to trusting God to give me what I need, trusting God with myself. And that's the transition between the false self and its way of controlling things and the true self abandonment to God. So this journey of self self knowledge takes place right at this moment where, where we're all of a sudden able to see all the ways we've tried to achieve these things for ourselves. And now God is inviting us to let go of our defense structures and our typical ways of being in order to be surrendered and abandoned to God, which is very scary. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yet it is, it is a pivotal moment in, in our spiritual lives. And so from the standpoint of the classic stages of faith, there's awakening where we see God for God, who God truly is. And Elijah's experiencing God in these moments. Um, and then we see ourselves in light of that presence, which leads to purgation, which is when God is stripping away all of those false self strategies and all those defense mechanisms. And that is the scary place in the spiritual journey. And that is what's happening, I believe, here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the story of Elijah, that Elijah has had his way of doing things, but now God is inviting him forward in the spiritual journey to trust more of himself to God and to, you know, to experience the presence of God and to move forward in his life in that presence in some stronger ways, more guided ways. So um, we're actually seeing here a a very, very pivotal moment in the spiritual life and solitude takes us there. Um, It's in the practice of solitude and silence that we're able to begin to see ourselves in the light of God's presence as we really are. So we're really on the journey of freedom. God is Mm -hmm. setting us free. The God that stretches out God's arm and Mm -hmm. releases the captives. This is what's happening to Elijah. Mm -hmm. It's what could happen to us if we have the courage to wait there. But when you talk about what is false in us and what is true in us and the journey of sort of partnering with God and the, in the putting to death of the false self, how do you know what's false and what's true? And I mean, uh, say more about the discernment needed for that. I think the way that we can tell is by asking the question, who or what am I looking to for my survival? Mm. So if, if by God's grace, we can become aware of the fact that, oh, I am creating my identity about around the things that I do. I'm it's my identity is not about who I am in God. Mm -hmm. I'm actually quite intense about creating an identity around the things that I do externally. Um, I'm not trusting God in this Mm -hmm. part of my life. Um, or places where we recognize that we are fearful and unwilling to take risks in our relationships. Um, and in our relationship with God and we realize, wow, I'm, I'm still doing that. I am still trying to, to secure my own survival. I'm not giving myself to God here. I'm trusting more in myself than I trust in God. Mm-hmm. Those are the ways that we know it's, it's really very much about who am I trusting right now? Mm-hmm. Am I trusting myself and my old patterns of securing these things for myself or am I abandoning myself to God and am I growing in my abilities to surrender to God? And that's what we're trying to see through 
Um, and by God's grace, we start to see it in solitude and silence. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to push for a little more mm-hmm. tangible clarification on that. I'm a mom of three kids. They're in high school. They're 16, 14, 13. Mm-hmm. They are all turning away from God and mm-hmm. away, you know, away from me. And, and, and I'm not sure why I'm the mom, but, um, and I am really struggling with um, my tendency to feel like a failure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to feel like if what have I done wrong? Um, am I getting my identity from my motherhood here? What? Sh- how, how can I care so care deeply about my daughters and sons, but also really get my worth mm-hmm. from God? How, how do we do that in a way that? isn't a cliche Mm -hmm. that is very real. It's hard to move beyond the cliche because what you're talking about is a very subtle inner thing. You know, it's an inner shift where you're getting your identity is something that we barely know about ourselves, let alone able to see in someone else. But um, I think that there's a huge difference between care and concern and faithful parenting and actually achieving your identity yeah. from your role yeah. as a parent. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you hang on to it. You're really intense. Mm-hmm. I think intensity mm-hmm. is one of the biggest ways we can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, defensiveness. I, defensiveness, intensity. Like, um, I have to have you do something. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you're the teenager, yeah. I have to have you be the right kind of teenager. Otherwise, I don't know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the intensity and the screaming and the raging around mm-hmm. all that and the fear and... And all of that. Um, I, I think a parent who is caring and concerned and trying to be responsible, but who still knows who they are in God, can very uh, calmly hold limits and boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, they can come from a place of knowing who they are and what they think is right and that this is their responsibility while the child is still under their care and in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, there doesn't have to be so much screaming and yelling and um, there can still be equanimity. There still can be a feeling of peace and well-being because you you understand that that child's choices are still their own. Mm-hmm. So teenagers, in some ways, are adults in that you know they yeah. they have some sense of agency. There are things yeah. they're allowed to do and yeah. choose. Um, but it doesn't have to affect my sense of self. I don't have to have my sense of self all wrapped up in that. Yeah. So would it be helpful for a mom or a dad um, to go through an examine that sort of says, okay, where, where was I overly defensive today? Mm-hmm. Where was I clutching tightly to mm-hmm. the behavior of mm-hmm. my kids today to give me? And then where did I feel a sense of freedom mm-hmm. that the outcome is actually not up to me and I can mm-hmm. care? Right. Um, and I was loving and yep. I was firm. Yep. Um, yep. And... You know, I wasn't given to panic and anxiety so, and all that. This is helpful. I'm hearing there's there's a there's a sense of clutching, mm-hmm. defending, uh, and forcing mm-hmm. when we're acting out of our false self and when we're getting our identity from our parenting, for mm-hmm. example. And there's a sense of um, openness and calmness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's. I think we should talk about vocation. For a minute okay, as well. please. I mean, you know, oh, so Lord. for a pastor or someone who has a position of responsibility and it has a nifty title to go along with it, maybe it's even a cool church or a cool organization that they get to be a part of. And there's a lot of identity wrapped up in oh, yeah. the fact that this is where I minister. This is what my title is. This is what my role is. And what happens if 
that role gets threatened. Mm -hmm. If for some reason it's not going to exist anymore, or there's a sense that you're not, someone thinks you're not doing the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard one too. I remember one time when I was sitting Mm -hmm. in an office, well, not, well, yeah, sitting in an office Mm -hmm. and it was a review and I was told that I was not, mm-hmm. I was not measuring up as a, as a teacher, mm-hmm. as a preacher. Mm-hmm. And it was very unsettling. Mm-hmm. It was yes. very unsettling to mm-hmm. me. And it went beyond just like, oh, what if I lose my job and how, yeah. how will I pay the bills? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was It was very... more unsettled at the level of identity, right? Oh, yeah. Well, if it... this is not who I am and if I'm not succeeding at this, yeah, who am I? If they would have said... Hey, your attention to details is a mm-hmm. little slack. Mm-hmm. I would have said, well, yeah, I can fix that. Who do you think? You, no, I would have said, who do you think you hired? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you certainly didn't hire an administrator, but because they went for the preaching, mm-hmm. which is the center, mm-hmm. uh, it was very, I, I felt very defensive. Yeah. Um, and I felt very threatened. Right. At, at, on an identity level, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and it felt like like a I mean I I felt the shame wash mm-hmm. on my back yeah. you know and right yes yeah and it felt like an assault even I'm sure oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah unfair mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if it was unfair or not but it was mm-hmm. it was coming at me you right. know and so um, and but there's also the comparison game right. that you play with other pastors mm-hmm. and maybe they're in a different season yeah. You kind of forget that there's ups and downs for everybody, and maybe they're in an up and you're mm-hmm. in a down, but you know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and that can feel right that you can't even celebrate mm-hmm. someone else's up because mm-hmm. you're down. Right. That's when I think I know that I'm I'm yeah. having an unhealthy attachment to success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yikes. Where have you seen it for you? Mm. Well, you know, in in this early part of the journey to acknowledge the fact that I had been, you know, on an achievement performance treadmill for so long already. And I was relatively young, like I was in my early thirties, but I'd still been on the treadmill for well over 10 years and I was exhausted. Um, and I, and I hadn't even known to name drivenness yet. Hmm. I hadn't even known yet to name performance oriented drivenness Hmm. as what was motivating me and driving me to live in such unhealthy ways. And so, um, I left my post in a, on a church staff willingly and voluntarily, but it was at God's invitation because I really did sense that in order for my spiritual journey to move forward, God was saying, you've got to let go of all that because you'll never be able to separate out the threads, being a pastor's kid and the church and all that. If you don't let go of this and start separating the threads, you'll never, you'll, you'll never really know who you are apart from the church and what you've experienced there. And, um, so to let go was was to be ushered into this very experience mm-hmm. of the who am I if I'm not out there doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and that was when I realized, oh my goodness, my identity is not as a child of, of God. My mm-hmm. identity is all wrapped up in performance in the only world that I really know very well, which is the world of the church. Now, other families have other sure. ways, you know, maybe it's a family of athletes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my husband was raised in a family of athletes and in his family, if you weren't an athlete, you didn't have an identity, yeah. you know, or if you are in a family where everybody's really smart and everybody gets PhDs and, and you like to work with your hands. And so to let go of what has defined people in your family or even in your culture, mm-hmm. um, 
it, it will initiate this kind of journey because you're pulling, you're pulling away from that, which you have allowed to define you up until now. And you're saying to God, okay, God, show me who I really am. <laughs> so this seems to me the, the, the narrow path mm-hmm. that Jesus talks about. Yeah. Like th- this seems to be it mm-hmm. like so narrow that you would have to discard your scaffolding in order to fit through mm-hmm. it. Right. <laughs> you no, know? exactly. Yeah. And you know, the good news is that there is a true self. And I just want to say that I want to yeah. say that right away, right here, right now, that all of us have a true self and mm-hmm. that true self is hidden um, with Christ in, in God. God. And that's why the journey into solitude and silence, which is the journey into the presence of God or into an awareness of the presence of God. Mm. Um, that is why there is no other way to true self-knowledge, which is knowing who I really am, yeah. except by entering deeper and deeper into the presence mm. of God, where I discover my true life that's hidden with Christ in God. Mm. Um, and that's, that's where the solitude journey takes us. And then you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but then the presence of God and who God says I am becomes the ultimate bedrock of, of my life. And that cannot be shaken. Right. So good. Well, that is getting ahead of ourselves. That's next episode. Mm -hmm. So before we get to that, could you please lead us through the prayer practice? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, you know, here, there's two things. One, we hear the question addressed to us, you know, in the silence as we breathe deeply, we hear God's question to us. What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Steve? What are you doing here, Ruth? You know, why are you here in quiet rather than out there doing? And of course you want to allow your, your answer to be as honest as possible. Like Elijah did. Um, And then in this place, with the question hanging out there and our answer to the question hanging out there and this willingness to get more and more honest with God about the good and the bad and the ugly within our own lives. Then we wait and we experience solitude as a place of waiting on God to do what only God can do. Solitude is a place of allowing that inner chaos to settle, staying with it long enough that the fight between the true and the false begins to subside. It's only a function of time. You can't hasten it. You can't make it happen any faster than it's going to happen. Waiting is the thing. So in solitude, what is what are you doing here? What's drawing you into solitude just now? And allow the truth, the rush of the good and the bad and the ugly to just come forward. And then be willing to wait. For as long as it takes, you don't rush the journey. You can't push the river. The baby can't come till it's ready. 
we experience solitude as the waiting room of the soul. Where we wait for God to do what only God can do. And don't worry about the naysayers. There are a lot of people out there who don't know, do not know what you're doing right now. They do not understand the waiting. Don't worry about them. You wait through the earthquake, the wind, and the fire until the presence comes. God was not in the earthquake. He was not in the wind. He was not in the fire. He was in the sound of sheer silence. Be still. Let go of your grip and know that I am God. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, and we are grateful you spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation. I was a part of Transforming Community Number 6 way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. Transforming Community is a practice-based spiritual formation journey with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community is designed to integrate your spirituality and leadership, helping you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. Also, if you've enjoyed the podcast, we would love to hear from you, and there are three ways that you can respond. One is going to patreon.com, search for Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast, and you can become a monthly patron at various levels. Second is that you can share your favorite episode with friends. And third is you can go onto iTunes and leave a rating and review. To find out more about the Transforming Community Experience or to apply, go to transformingcenter.org. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. May your love be shown. May